there, my name is Romana and great that you are listening to the podcast of Trakuk.com. This podcast is focused on stories relevant for self-development. On this channel, I talk about interesting philosophies of others and I interview people who share their life stories and life philosophies themselves. Are you ready to expand your vision on life and to be inspired? Then let's start. During this interview, David Marx explains to us what types of karma exist according to the Buddhist philosophy. To get a, uh, a negative karmic consequence from an action, it must be motivated um, by um, a strong delusion such as anger or hatred, uh, selfishness, uh, and so forth. Okay, so somebody might be motivated. Um, out of kindness and compassion, but still do an action which is, from a Buddhist point of view, karmically negative. So we could say it's a wrong action, but the consequences of that action may be very light or maybe non-existent because the motivation was good. So one example is the uh, is um, when we put a, an animal, an injured animal, uh, to sleep. This often comes up in our classes, of course. We, 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 you know, we, what we're actually doing, I mean, sorry to be a little blunt, but we're killing the animal, right? We take our dog because he's been run over by a car. We take our animal, uh, we take our dog to the vet and the vet said, oh, he's so badly injured, we have to put him to sleep. Well, it's a nice way of saying we have to kill him, right? And that's mm -hmm. what we're doing. But our motivation isn't anger and hatred and you know, a, a desire to cause harm. Actually, our motivation is unbearable compassion, really, right? So we can't bear to see the animal suffering, so we'll put it out of its misery like that. Now, it's a really complicated situation. The, the motivation is good, but in Buddhist way of thinking, okay, it's still a negative action because we've terminated the life of a living being. Now, it's a very controversial uh, point, but it does illustrate what we're talking about, that the motivation can be good, but the action can still be considered harmful or negative. Now, that in itself is a, this very point is, a, is, a, uh, is something that we could discuss for an hour or more and often do in our classes. We, we won't go into it. But if the action, on the other hand, you know, there's a dog that's bark, our neighbor's dog is barking and uh, it irritates us and we get really angry. And so one day we go, we, I don't know, we get a, a gun, for example, or a big knife and we go next door with a dog and we're motivated by anger. This is, I hate that dog. It keeps barking all the time. And then we chase the dog down and we shoot it and kill it, right? That it's is totally a very, different. very heavy negative action because the motivation is bad. So motivation determines um, to a large extent, whether an action is, uh, has a positive or a negative um, outcome. We actually create karma with our, with, our, with our body, okay? So with physical actions, we were just talking about the action of killing, that's karma of, um, uh, of, of the body in the sense that it's, uh, uh, it's created using our physical body, okay? But we also have karma created by speech such as when we abuse people, 
uh, or criticize people and hurt people with our words, okay? And there's also karma of the mind. So if we generate really strong thoughts of anger and hatred towards somebody, and we imagine them sort of experiencing great harm, okay, it's also negative karma. It's not as negative karma as not as negative as the karma of killing somebody, but it does create a, 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 an imprint in the mind of, of, of non-virtue, we say. So the determinant factor in, in karma is does the action, mental, verbal, or physical, does it cause harm to another person? Or does it harm one's own, does it harm oneself? Or does it bring benefit? and happiness to another person. If it brings harm to others, it's going to be a negative karmic uh, consequence. If it brings happiness to others, uh, it will be, generally speaking, a, a virtuous karma like that. What, is the, what are the next steps to get rid of that karmic imprint? Mm. Well, it's interesting, although, um, uh, you know, we, we, we try to, as well as we can, observe the, the uh, as I mentioned before, very complex, complex teachings on the law of, laws of karma, and we try to avoid creating negative karma as much as possible. Uh, it's, we also understand that as ordinary sentient beings, it's inevitable that we will create negative karma. So, you know, a couple of things that even when we make mistakes and do things which are considered to be inappropriate or negative actions, things that may even harm other people, we don't beat ourselves up about it too much. We don't think, oh, it doesn't matter. It does matter. But we also understand, well, I'm a deluded sentient being. I'm not perfect. I'm going to make a lot of mistakes and create a lot of negative karma between now and when I achieve enlightenment. So it's like, we don't freak out about it, but what we do, and what, or at least what we should do, we should have enough mindfulness to recognize, oh, I just did something that hurt another person. It was a mistake or, or you know, I was upset, I was angry, you know, whatever. I've done something inappropriate. Well, if it's to another person and we can, we can apologize as a first step and try to sort of, hey, I'm really sorry. I was just, I'm really tired. I'm really irritated. I'm really angry at the moment. And, you know, you copped a blast and I really apologize for that, right? We try to make amends just as anybody would. Um, but we don't sort of think, oh, I'm the worst person in the world. I'm the worst Buddhist in the world because I got angry or I got upset or I made a mistake like this. Like, uh-oh, I made a mistake. We do what we can to, um, what to say, make it right. But in terms of karmic consequences, we apply uh, uh, one of the purification practices, um, the recitation of mantras or prostrations, or even having the mind of regret. Oh, I'm so sorry I said that, or I'm so sorry I did that. I, I've created negative karma. I've hurt somebody. And I'm really, even if we're not able to formally apologize to that person, in our mind and in our heart, we can sort of send out this, this, this almost like a prayer or this energy, if you like, of um, you know uh, forgiveness and apology. And I made a mistake. I was wrong. I'll be more careful in the future. But there are specific practices that the Buddha taught for purifying negative karma. 
So in those uh, cases where we have done something wrong and made a mistake, it's like, okay, you know, don't worry too much, purify and do better next time like that. Now, exactly what practices we should do, uh, how many of them, um, and so on and so forth, that can be a little more difficult to understand. And sometimes that's one of the main reasons we consult our spiritual teachers um, for advice on how to purify negative karma. But in a general way, uh, there are many practices that the Buddha taught that uh, purify karma. The recitation of the Om Mani Pemi Hung mantra, for example, very famous, the, the mantra of compassion. Um, uh, there are specific what we call purification practices involving mantras and prostrations and visualizations and so forth. Um, any virtuous action um, uh, can be an antidote to negative karma. Say, for example, um, we, you know, at, at an earlier stage in our life, we stole money from somebody. Okay, generally the negative karma of stealing, like that. One antidote, one way of making um, amends for that, as well as uh, generating the mind of regret for having done that. Um, maybe we can track that person down and apologize and return the money with interest, okay? But maybe that's not possible either. But maybe we can then make charity to those who are less fortunate than ourselves and, and, and sort of try to purify the negative karma we've created in the past um, with a virtuous action like that. So uh, it's possible to purify karma. And so we don't worry too much about it. You know, we, we worry, but not too much. These um, uh, songs that you're singing for purifying the mind, what is the thought behind that? Is it the kind of vibration that you're spreading around in your body that you believe in has a positive effect? Or the is mantras, it like yes. the, the, yeah, okay. And the power of exactly repeating that. it so that you start believing in what it is and make it part of yourself? No, I think this is um, earlier on in the first interview, I was talking a little bit about the magical side of Buddhism. Well, this is, a, this is an aspect of that. It's sort of magical and, and in a way perhaps not, but mantra are Sanskrit syllables. And when they're recited, uh, it creates a certain vibration. Okay, a certain energy, if you like. Well, I used to have a lot of, it used to puzzle me, how is it that the recitation of a mantra can purify karma or do anything? And there are all sorts of different mantras for all sorts of different purposes, not just the purification of karma. But if you think about it, the universe is vibration, right? We think of ourselves as being solid, but if you check who we are or what our computer is, on one level, we and everything else is like it's an accumulation of atoms and molecules and subatomic particles, right? And the more you look, the less physical um, substance is there. The deeper you look into things, whatever we're, we're really talking about, the, the, the more subtle it becomes. And atoms and molecules and subatomic particles, they're just, it's just energy buzzing around in a certain way. And that energy itself has a certain vibration, right? So in one sense, you can say the universe is energy and vibration. 
And once we sort of come to some sort of um, recognition that that in fact is true, then um, it's not so difficult to understand that certain energies can affect what we're experiencing. So that let's say the recitation of a particular mantra, which itself is a vibration and creates a certain type of energy can therefore affect our mind, which is also energy. Do you see what I mean? So in the, it's sort of magical in a way, but from another point of view, it's also a little bit logical if you accept certain, uh, certain propositions. So, it, and it doesn't even have to be to do with whether one believes it or not. It's, it's mantra can be incredibly powerful. And one doesn't even have to be a Buddhist, just reciting the mantra because of the effect that that energy of sound and, and, and vibration has, it can impact our experience um, in profound ways. Did you like this topic? Then make sure to listen to our episode in which David Marks tells us how karma has nothing to do with punishment. You can find the link in the description. If you'd like to, you can visit our website, www.trakuk.com. Over there, we have the whole written article and many more articles and podcast episodes focused on self-development. Did you like this episode? Don't forget to hit the like button and to follow us. Thank you for listening and hopefully until next time.